Everybody, it's Rob from National Fire Radio. Great podcast coming up tonight. We have Blake from Next Rung, who's going to be here. He's going to be talking to us not just about suicide prevention, but mental health awareness, which I think is a, a huge thing. I know Jeremy and I have discussed this in the car a couple times on our long road trips, and it's something that you've wondered about, right? I mean, you're a little I, curious. I have, and you know, it's fun. This is kind of a new direction for us, introducing the podcast, and it was so great. We sat down with Blake tonight. And man, you want to talk about a guy that is out there hustling. He and his partner, Charlie, on Next Rung are doing good things for the fire service. Mental health, physical health. You and I, we've had a lot of conversations about this. And I think what's interesting is that you and I come from kind of two different camps. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, you have some experience in just your your past with crit- critical incident stress debriefings and and more mental health where I come from the other end of like, I just suck it up and go on with my day. And I, I think tonight's podcast for everybody that's listening and everybody that's going to check this out tonight. I found myself being quiet and sitting back and listening because this is a topic that I'm not overly familiar with. And so I really like to listen and what Blake and you Rob brought tonight on the podcast was fantastic. So I'm excited to get this content out there. It's really different than most of the podcasts we've done before. Yeah, it is. And especially because we went down, like I said, it wasn't just a one topic thing. It was all these other things that kind of bring everything in. So great, great podcast tonight. Next rung, Blake in the studio. Check it out. Yeah, guys, give it a listen. And uh, it's about an hour and a half long, and it's definitely worth the uh, listen. And uh, thank you. Thanks for checking in and following us and listening to um, these incredible guests that we get to have in the studio. So thanks for following Jeremy and Rob. Enjoy the podcast, guys. Four, three, two, one. Hey guys, we always want to talk about the sponsors that hook us up, and uh, tonight is uh, on the podcast is no different. And tonight, I want to talk about Taylor's Tins. Taylor, you're a rock star, brother. If you don't know who Taylor is by now, pay attention to social media. This guy is pushing it out on Instagram and Facebook, and he's doing incredible things. Stop burning up your leather. Taylor is making aluminum tin helmet shields, and he's killing it. Totally custom. Everything from classic to traditional, the L.A. style, indie, Boston, Metro, the Detroit, and the list goes on and on. Any style shield you want, he's doing it. He's cutting it out of aluminum and making it happen. A couple things about his tins, and I just want to hit on it real quick. Deconning, right? Leather absorbs, right? Decon on his aluminum, wipe and go. It's non-porous material, quick cleanup. Think about it. If you're a fire instructor and you're doing multiple burns a week, get rid of the leather shield and go with an aluminum front. You can wipe it down. It doesn't shrink. It doesn't dry out. It's a home run. Locker tags and his T-chains. Not keychains, T-chains, even though they are keychains. He's cute that way. But Taylor's doing incredible things, and he's a huge supporter of National Fire Radio from day one. All of our guests on the podcast get a Taylor's tin, and we put their name on it, and I'm proud to hand those out. And Taylor has been supporting us from day one, and we support him right back. So if you're not familiar with who he is, go check him out. Taylor's Tins on Instagram and on Facebook. He's got his own website as well, but hit him up on Facebook. Believe it or not, he does most of his business over Facebook Messenger, and from start to finish, he can get you a tin in under a week. This guy is doing incredible things, 
but he's getting busier and busier. So if you're interested, reach out to him. Get in touch with Taylor on Facebook. He'll design completely customizable, 100%, whatever logo, name, design you want. He's the man for the job. Taylor's Tins on Instagram and on Facebook. Give him a look. Taylor, you the man. Thanks for all the support at National Fire Radio. Everybody listening to our podcast, check him out, man. He's a home run. That was good. I want to buy one another one. We are blessed at National Fire Radio to have the best sponsors in the market. First in emergency products, Ryan Dodd and company here. These guys are rock stars. Let's talk about them real quick. First in emergency products, they're on Instagram and, and Facebook, and you can find them there, and we'll hit their handles out there and so on. But these guys have supported us from day one as well, and now we are fortunate enough that the National Fire Radio Studios are located in First in Emergency Products headquarters here in New Jersey. Ryan Dodd, the, uh, the operator of the company here, is a dear friend, and he gave us space here so that we can grow and put out the content that we're doing, and I can't thank him enough in the company. Larry Cohan, these are all guys that just, they're rock stars. They support us 110%. And they've been a sponsor of ours from day one. And so we want to talk about their product and we want to talk about the upfitting and the custom cabinetry and consoles they build for command vehicles, chiefs vehicles, police vehicles, EMS, OEM, you name it. These guys are a custom upfitter who makes custom cabinetry and consoles. I think one of the cool things about it too is when you told me the studio was going to be here, I kind of like rolled my eyes a little bit, but... When I got here to see and come into this shop and see the dedication and the work that these guys do and the customization, it's not just some shop that's pumping out vehicles as fast as they can. No, absolutely not. I mean, there's like there's some pride and ownership in what they do, and, and you can see it when the employees. There's do. no cookie cutter. This is a hundred percent custom shop. People come in here from the fire chief on down, and they get to design the command vehicles they want. They do vehicles for the West Coast, for the East Coast, and everything in between. They have some cabinets. I just saw them. They have some cabinets going to the West Coast in California that have trifold flat screens that come out, fold up, and flip down with sun, like a sun glare visor on them. They're incredible. It's over the top, but the they're only limited by your imagination. Different parts of the country, as we know, operate differently. And so you can design your command vehicle for accountability, for firefighting, for rescue, you name it. They do it. Totally customizable. And I think what's super cool is today they have this new product called the Gear Safe, which is a containment system for your chief vehicles, command vehicles, and so on, right? Fire vehicles, squads, you name it, utilities, and so on. But I think what's cool about it, Rob, and we were talking about it before, is that especially in the volunteer sector, a lot of chiefs have the ability to have their families. They're driving these cars 24 hours a day in their right. local community. And when you're putting your family, not just putting yourself at harm, but when you're putting your family and your children in that vehicle with you to respond at a moment's notice, but you have contaminated gear in the back, that causes alarm. That causes some concern. And so the initiative of the clean cab concept, this is right in line with that. This is the ability to contain your dirty gear after the fire to get back to the firehouse so you can do proper decon. Their gear safe is an absolute home run. And I suggest you all check it out. First in emergency products, they're on Instagram and Facebook. Ryan and Larry are doing great things here. They have an incredible staff, and I can't thank them enough for having National Fire Radio under the roof in their building. And big things are to come for them and for us. And so a lot more to come on First and Emergency Products. Thanks for checking them out. Go to their social. Give them a like. Tell them we sent you over there. They're good friends, stand-up firefighters in the business, and they support National Fire Radio 110%. Guys, check out the podcast. Thanks for checking us out. Have a good night. Enjoy. Hey guys, Jeremy with National Fire Radio as always. Rob in the studio tonight. What's up? 
Blake Stinnett. That's it. What's going on, guys? Next rung. <laughs> so here we are in the studio. Blake is from Georgia, and we're going to get into his whole backstory. And if you're not familiar with who Next Rung is, you need to become familiar with them. They are a nonprofit doing incredible things for the fire service for mental health and physical health for our first responders. And Blake, thanks for joining us tonight, brother. So awesome to have you. Man, uh, a pleasure to be here, man. It's, it's exciting. It's been a, a good weekend. I got here Saturday, and, uh, man, it's just been a, a lot of fun. So it's a, a great way to kind of end off my time up here. And, um, man, we're, we're grateful to be here for sure. New Jersey. So, yeah. like, who would have thought, right? Yeah. Like, have you been Never. doing okay with everybody talking fast? Like, did you have to have that slow down? Uh, I'm going? good, man. Okay. Yeah, it's, what, it's been what great. What are you saying? Huh? I'm saying they're a little slower in the south. <laughs> Rob, no, we have a lot of people that messed up, follow man. us in the no, south. No, when I went down south, they used to give me a coffee mug that said <laughs> "Speed up so I can understand you." So that's fantastic. <laughs> that's good. But I will say this, right? Like we have crossed paths. We we just saw each other a couple weeks ago out at FDIC. Yeah. I think what's super cool and maybe a good way to start off this whole conversation is the fact that you know National Fire Radio being a year in. How long have you guys been running with Next Strong now? So it's been around two years, but we've been a nonprofit for uh, almost a year and a half now. Awesome. And you are really social driven. We are very social driven. Yeah. Right. And that's where our paths crossed. And that's how we ended up being here tonight. And that's where we know each other. And I think that's important to say, you know, we, we hit a lot of different platforms between all the social media and our YouTube and so on. But I think it's really cool and interesting that the fire service is really starting to change. There's a change. Things are happening, right? There's there's platforms like ours and NextRung and a lot of other Instagram and Facebook-minded platforms that are really starting to gain following. And I yeah. think it's because it's where the attention is. And we talk about that a lot. But we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Instagram. That's true. Very true. And I mean, yeah. yeah. Right? And, it, and like, if you think about those relationships, <laughs> and then you've been out here since, what, uh, Saturday? Saturday, yes. Yeah, Saturday. Saturday. So, and mm-hmm. we're filming tonight. This is Monday night. So, you've been here three days. Yep. In New Jersey, and everybody you've come into and run across is an Instagram page. Definitely, yeah. I think New Jersey is really on the cusp of doing some really good stuff. Dude, you guys got a special... I mean, this up here that I've told you, there's yeah. something in the water. I don't, I don't know what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I told him, I was like, don't tell your secret, whatever it is, because you guys, you got a lot of great things going up I, here, man. I think one of the interesting things is that... Um, when, when I came down, when Jeremy first approached me about National Fire Radio and everything, it was like, all right, I'm going to go to Jersey. I'm going to learn a lot about it. And I was talking to my wife about it the other night, and I was like, yeah, you know, and there's a lot of good stuff coming out of Jersey. Like, this is pretty awesome. And, like, going over this podcast and different things that come out, and she's like, you're not from New Jersey. You're from New York. I'm like, <laughs> I know, but it's like, I, I have ownership Close now. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Don't rem- Come on. Like, just work with me here. And, yeah, but, yeah it's, it's, it's kind of neat. But I think it is neat, and I, and I think all of it is just it works really well. When you get people trying to put across a good message and doing the right thing, being 100% authentic, no BS, right? I mean, you you end up with a very good product. And I think where the attention is going in the fire service, we're, we're always getting away from the traditional means. And I'm not saying that that's the greatest thing in the world. But I also think that the new means of communication are important because we're hitting the younger generations. And that's, yeah. that's where the attention is. So, Blake, maybe we could just dive right in, man. Next strong. Sure. Like, I'd love to know more about you guys. I did my follow-up and read up on you guys and through conversation with you and, and Charlie. We should mention Charlie, yeah, who was supposed Charlie, to be here. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie Brown. Make it his, uh, his flight got canceled Saturday or Sunday, rather, early Sunday. Uh. 
the the weather instrument was messed up. They delayed him for five hours, couldn't fix it, and then they just canceled the whole flight. Didn't even try to give him another one. Imagine it. They're like, ah, uh, sorry, yeah, guys. It's like, yeah, you're and out. You're at least out he was home. He would he didn't get stuck somewhere sure. for an extra twenty six yeah. hours. So True. I mean, but Sioux Falls, Sioux Falls, South Dakota was fantastic, Rob. That's <laughs> right. another conversation. No, yeah, at least well, you got to go right back home. So. Well, let's talk about next rung. Like, let's yeah. talk about what you guys are doing, how this started, where, how this all came about, man. Give me the background. I, yeah. I'm sure everybody would love to hear it. Yeah, so I guess my background is um, I volunteered for three years before I became career. There's kind of a, a space in there, so I volunteered from 2010 to 2013, and 2015 is when I got hired on full-time um, with a big county. I had to become a paramedic and a firefighter, so uh, I got both of those, which nice. is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I would have gone and got my paramedic on my own, but I'll take the knowledge and the things that sure. go with it. Um, but, uh, anyway, I ended up leaving that, that department. I work for a, a city department now, which is a lot of fun. I, I love the city landscape and things like that. So I've always really had an interest in that and do the tech rescue side of things. So nice. ropes, swift water, extrication, all sure. that stuff. So right up my alley, man, I just, I love that adrenaline side of things and, uh, the specialty side. So, uh, man, I love the fire service. I grew up around it. My dad was a volunteer for, you know, my whole growing up and, so I ran around the firehouse, you know, open air cabs, things like that. So, nice. uh, yeah, man. So the, the fire tradition runs deep. And um, anyway, man, I guess, uh, you know, where next run comes into all this is I always wanted to make a difference in, you know, I guess the community in which we serve and things like that. But really, I wanted to make a, a difference and make an impact in people like us, you know, firefighters, first responders as a whole and, you know, serve the people that, that yeah. we, we serve right next to you every single day. So, uh, in 2017 is when we started Next Rung. Uh, originally, I started Next Rung to be an apparel company. Uh, we were just going to sell apparel yeah, and things right, like that. Right. And uh, uh, about six months into it, I mean, things were going well, but uh, I wanted to be able to donate back to an organization, you know, someone that we could give money to and support and things like that. Um, but I couldn't find anyone that I wanted to give back to that was – I guess addressing the, the factor of you know mental health and, and things of those aspects. So um, I brought Charlie Brown on board. We talked yeah. about him, our co-director. Sure. And uh, anyway, so I kind of threw out the idea. I was like, "Hey, man, you know this is what we're doing now, but here's kind of where I would like to move." And he was on board. So we started filling out all the paperwork to become uh, to become a nonprofit and a five hundred one c three. So we're tax deductible and um, you know always hand out receipts. And yeah, things sure. Like no, that I get it. People, I get you know, it. when they when they give back. Because, I mean, the things that we do and, and the topic that we approach and things like that is not necessarily the most exciting topic, I guess. Uh, I mean, it's, it's starting to gain more ground, but it's not like, oh, you know, like I love this topic. Let's talk about it all the time. So um, anyway, but we wanted to address it and, and make it, you know, something that becomes more normal, I guess, you know, across a fire service. Well, and I just on the topics that we're talking about, specifically mental health, like, it's very difficult to have these conversations. And apart from National Fire Radio, I'm a firearms instructor. And every mm -hmm. time that I'm in a class with people, because when I'm very real, I'm not like sitting there being like, it's all, you know, roses, sunshine, and right. popcorn in a box. I tell people, I'm like, listen, there's things that can happen in your life, and you may need to reach out for help, and that's mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. And I tell every one of my students, I'm a suicide survivor. So, like, you know, as I said, there, there, you may have some kind of preconceived notions about what will happen if you ask for help. And I'm here instructing your class, telling you that the help is out there. You need to ask for it or let somebody know and we'll get you what we need to help you out. And it's I, I, so important to say that 
Yeah. To, and, and, and I just use it in that one realm that I'm involved with, but it's important for the fire service that we have that same conversation with You're people. Exactly right, man. I, I think the I think the biggest thing is too is the fact that there's greater awareness. What mm-hmm. you guys are doing and and some other organizations or groups or individuals, we're really starting to give firefighters, first responders, but we'll hit on firefighters because that's oh, yeah. what we are. Right. The awareness of how serious of an issue this is in the fire service. Like, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I am not well-versed in any of this. Rob and I have had some very deep discussions about this um, just in our long car rides from doing departmental visits and things like that. Like, you and I have mm-hmm. talked about this stuff at, at length. And for me, I'm a, you know, I'm one of those guys that, like, I just swallow it and I go home. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. But that's how I was raised, and that's what I know. And, you know, I, fortunately, I don't think I've ever had any struggles that really has brought me down any any tough road traveled mm-hmm. yet. Potential is there, right? I mean, right. you never know. But I think, the, I think the importance, though, is the fact of the awareness, right? We need to educate, right. and education's huge, right? Maybe you guys should, should like, yeah. maybe you and Char, like, Maybe you could hit on like what you and Charlie are doing, you know, some yeah. education stuff, how we're getting the message Definitely. out there. Definitely. Yeah. So, and, and I think you're right. I mean, everyone handles it differently, sure? obviously. So, Absolutely. Uh, I mean, and that's, that's the thing is everyone doesn't handle it the same way. So some people may need more, more help or, or some people are like, nah, man, you know, they just let it roll off their back and. But, I mean, regardless of how people handle it, we just want to offer and provide a resource that's there in case. You know, it's not saying that, yeah, you do need it, but in case you do need it, we're here. Uh, you know, and so uh, that's that's kind of what we do. So uh, just to finish up the story on how things got started, yeah, one please. of the reasons that, that I started this is um, six months into my rookie year, one of the guys that, that came up and taught in our rookie school a lot, he actually killed himself. Uh, so that was, uh, to me, I mean, he was a great guy, just someone always smiling, laughing, cutting up, you know. I mean, someone that you, when you look at him, you're like, dude, there's no way that he's struggling with anything. And uh, like I said, man, he ended up taking his own life, left behind his wife and two two girls. Wow. And uh, so that really made a huge impact to me. And we weren't best friends, you know, but we, we did work together. I did, you know, know this guy, and it just – you know, just really started to make me think like, man, this is, this is an issue. And, you know, two years down the road in 2017, you know, suicide started outnumbering line of duty deaths and that's just what's reported, you know? So the thing is with line of duty deaths, everything's reported because it has to be suicides don't have to be. And the fact that it's already outnumbering, you know, I mean, there's probably, you know, from what they've done from research, probably about 40 to 50% actually go unrecognized. So the number that you see is probably almost twice as much. Um, you know, so that, that really impacted me and I have an undergrad in psychology. I've always been interested in, you know, talking with people and, uh, the counseling aspect of things. So and you have a faith-based background too, right? I do. Yeah. yeah. So actually I started in ministry. Yeah. Uh, so I did that for eight years. I worked with, uh, kids and families and, and uh, youth and things like that. So, uh, I was a, a youth pastor and, uh, did that for a while and, and really had always wanted to be in the fire service, uh, you know, but and when I was trying to get on 2010, man, it was super competitive. Yeah. I couldn't get on. So, I, you know, kind of let it rest for about five years. And that's when I got hired on 2015. So, Real quick, like when you kind of, I want you to kind of break down 
uh, being in a ministry because I think sure. that sometimes, at least in the Northeast, that, from my experiences with my own friends, like people think ministry, they think church. Like I always identify as a recovering yeah. Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, <laughs> and and it's really like it, it sucks because uh, you know I've I've met so many people over the years that have had a great experience sure. with religion or organized yeah. religion, and I, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm a recovering Catholic. So yeah, no, you're right, man. I, I feel like. I feel like that's kind of the standard, you know, the, the further north you get. Uh, you know, being from the south, I mean, we're kind of the Bible built, obviously. You know, it's, I mean, to me, you know, my faith is a huge part of me. I don't like to shove that down people's throat. You'll I never, I you'll never hear me, you know, beat people with the Bible or quote right. scripture at people. But mm-hmm. it is a big part of who I am. And, uh, you know, it's a big part of how I, I get through a lot of my stuff, you know. So, uh, yeah, but I was in ministry for eight years. Um, I worked at a non-denominational church. I worked at a Baptist church and people are like, Oh, Baptist, you know, like hellfire and brimstone. No, it's not that way. I mean, it just depends on what church you go to, obviously. But, um, you know, through that time, like I had my, my times where I had to, to counsel people to talk with them through issues that they're going through with, you know, their family or their children or things like that, you know, their students, um, you know. And, and if you have kids, you know that, man, they can be crazy and off the chain. And sometimes you need help, you know, trying to, kind of, you know, guide them through things. So anyway, so, you know, I have that experience as far as going through and, and talking with people. I actually have a master's in theological studies. Um, so, you know, and now I'm in the fire service. And uh, But it makes but, sense. Yeah. Like to me, like I'm just sitting here thinking about this and, and my myself, I was raised Catholic. Yeah. And just a quick thing on religion for myself is that. My wife um, is Christian, mm-hmm. not Christian Reformed, Christian, Dutch Christian. Yeah. Okay. So, and my two stepkids, my older kids, uh, went through a Christian school. My mm-hmm. kids go to public, my two kids go to public school, but my two stepkids, who have been mine forever, um, they went to a Christian school, and they yeah. were all blonde hair, blue-eyed Dutch kids, and it was, you know, so I'm very familiar sure. with with that. And I'm familiar with, you know, we go to church, um, not as often as we should be, but we, we do. And our, my kids go to youth group and, and so on. And that's an important part of our lives too. And I, I think sitting here listening to this, it kind of makes sense to me. Like I find we have some relatives that are in the ministry, um, and so on in, in different, uh, I'm just gonna say dialects, but different sections of of the ministry and different, Mm -hmm. uh, faith-based ministries and so on. And so, like, I'm surrounded by these people every at family parties and things, and I, I think about their demeanor. Mm-hmm. I think about how they're more reserved and they tend to listen more. Yeah. And I and I sit here and I listen to that, and when I did a little background on you, obviously we try to do that with all of our guests and understanding that you have a faith-based background. It really clicked with me to say, like, that makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense because you're there to listen. You're there to help. You're there to, you know, having a, a master's in theological studies. Yeah. like. I mean, you know, it it puts you in that mindset, you know, and I I think that's hugely important. And I think that's absolutely necessary to talk about for you and and who you are, because it makes you who you are. It does. It does. I mean, it it kind of built who I am and it built, uh, you know, my my reason and my why behind what we do. You know, like I'm naturally like I love serving. Like, I I mean, it doesn't matter if I'm, you know, putting chairs out or if I'm, you know, talking with people, hanging out and things like that. But I, I love to serve naturally. So the fire service has always been an interest of mine. So, you know, naturally, like I wanted to gravitate towards that. Right. And it was to serve the community. Yes. And to fight fires because everyone loves going into freaking burning building. No you know, I mean, it's awesome, but to also make an impact in the people who are serving the community and the community 
somehow tends to forget about them in, in that aspect. You know, we're, we're forgotten about it. We're there for them, but who's there for us? And we had to be here for us. Listen, know? man, so we roll, we, we roll we in, do. we take care of what we got to do and we yeah. go home. And then, you know, like everybody sees us performing, but nobody sees the, sees the after. Correct. When we never taught self-care. And true. I think that, and that's one, one thing I'm sure you guys are hitting on, but like, we yeah. never, we never tell people like, Hey, you can take, take, take a day off, you know, like mm-hmm. take care of yourself, like process what happened. Because I really think a lot of times we experience some of the most intimate life changing moments when we're called for service. Right. And one, it's not normal. And so we should be able to take a day if we need it to kind of like put things into perspective, Sure. you know? Yeah. And I, I think that's a big part of it. I mean, yes, we are firefighters, but we don't just run into burning buildings. I mean, I mean, think about the traffic accidents that you run, you know, things like that. I mean, but so there's just a variety of different things that continue just to overshadow you as you go through this career. You see things that most normal people will never see in their life, except for maybe something on a movie or something like that. Well, that's the stuff that we see in real life, you know, and it, it does. I mean, it will weigh on you. You just have to have your way of of how do you decompress, you know, what, mm-hmm. what does that look like? And, you know, for, for me, man, like one of my favorite ways is, you know, we, we talk about the, the mental health aspect of things, but physical, you know, being physically healthy, you know, working out stuff like that, a huge stress reliever. So we, we believe that the two intertwine so much together, you know, if, if you're physically healthy, then typically your mentality is a little bit healthier, you know, you're right. feeling better about yourself and, and so on. But if you're mentally healthy, you want to be better physically. You want to serve the people. You want to do the job well and things like that. So. I, I think mental health and physical health go hand in hand. Definitely. That makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If you're feeling 100%. good, you're sharper. If right. you're feeling good, you're good about yourself. You're good about you projecting your image sure. and so on. I yeah. get that. It makes sense. Yeah, and, and so we, we got to share that platform yesterday. We, we did a you know seminar with... Uh, with a couple of different people, yeah. but Pip from Five 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 is there, man. Awesome Absolutely. guy. I mean, yep. I love listening to to him speak and things. He's like gonna that. He's going to be in here May thirty first. Yeah. So, so. And, and not only that, but I got a little challenge going with him that's starting May first. So awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know how awesome it is. But we'll, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But we'll yeah, still live through it. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. So all those things are together, man. And so, you but know, it's awareness. It is. It's awareness. It's you, just continuing to to raise that awareness about. The, the things that we need to be aware of ourselves, you know, and sometimes it takes each other to say, Hey man, like, have you thought about this? Have you thought about just, you know, talking to someone, have you, you know, whatever it may be, you know, we have to be there to encourage each other through that stuff. So the more awareness that we can raise, the more minds start to think about, you know, that aspect of, Hey man, maybe, How? maybe we just sit down and talk about it. I know that was a crappy call. It's not impacting me the way that it might be impacting you guys. But hey, you know, I just want to let you know if you want to talk about it, I'm here for you. Simple How conversation. Do, so let me let me ask you from just a, a meathead fireman, right? That's me. I mean, that's that's what I am, right? Like, how do we have that conversation? I mean, I know when we have critical incident stress debriefings, we sure. have fatal accidents or calls that are more traumatic than others, we Definitely. come back and we address it. We mm-hmm. do. As a department, we address it. Right. If it get if it's to the level of uh, uh, debriefing, like a critical, you know, maybe not just a company thing where you get back and yeah, a couple whole- guys sit around and just talk about what they did for the last couple minutes and kind of just debrief about it and you yeah. kind of feel everybody out. I get that. And yeah. I get on the larger end when we have, um, you know, something a little more serious where we might need to have a debriefing with a formalized team. Yeah. I get that. But how do we, how do, how do I... How do I let that guard down to have that conversation? And I know that sounds like archaic, 
No, but it's, there, I think it's there a, is that's reality, but right? But there's a lot of people like, in that that understanding. Like, how, how do right. I do that? Absolutely. Like, I, I need to know, you know. Right. And and so you mentioned like the the SISM stuff, like, and, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like a a department wide or you know whatever it may be. Like, you hit a, a large incident. That's I mean, you know, it was it was a, a bad incident. Sure, they're going to bring in a debriefing team. But if you think about it, debriefing teams come in, they talk to you as a whole. It's not individualized. So a lot of times with with a SISM team or, you know, anything like that, they kind of come in like, uh, you know, let's talk about it. You know, we know what you saw was bad, blah, 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 blah. You know, if you need anything, let us know. But a lot of times there's lack in follow-up. And so that's where it comes in for, you know, the company officer or the senior man saying, Hey, you know, that was, that was a rough thing, you know? And like I said, it, it may not impact you the way that it impacts someone sure. else, Absolutely. but I get here's that. what we all know. We know if that was a sucky call or not, like, Hey man, that was a really crappy call. Like I can tell just because of whatever, there's fatalities or whatever it may have been. Sure, man, it rolls off your back and you're good. But maybe it doesn't roll off your, your Rob. You can probably hit on it too. I don't yeah. cut you off. No, I just I know Rob. So, Rob has has parts. So like I, I yeah, I work with a Hudson Valley Critical Incident Stress Debriefing Team up in yeah. up in New York, and I and it, and you and you hit on a great point with like the teams come in. They say like they have kind of like a canned, um, you know, I don't want to say a lecture, but it's almost like a, a canned thing of what they do, and depending yeah. what model they follow. Yeah, I have SISM training, so I know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I get and, it. And I think that like it's because it's always uh, like for me after working with the team for a couple of years now, it's, it's always been, I don't want to say neat. Like I'm, I'm very honored always to be invited into any, any place that needs us. Um, but it's to hear some of the stories from some of the other, I don't, I'm going to try to try to think of how to say this correctly. And I just probably won't. So I'll deal with it. But like, there's a lot of teams out there that don't know what they're doing and they cause more harm than good. And I, I've seen some who have like pushed forward a mental health, like they have psychiatrists and mm-hmm. therapists, and it's like this is not peer based. Right. And then and That's then they're exactly looking at right. and they're like, oh, explain that, Jeremy. Can you can you explain like can you guys talk so, about that a little bit more? Because yeah, I think and, that's important. And I'm I don't, not, like I said, I don't know the team that like I, I assume it's actually pretty similar because we're talking the same language. But the whole thing that makes a critical incident stress debriefing team work, at least in our area is that we're peer based. So it's other first responders. So it's not like the the lady who has a job at EAP and this is her first time and then I'm going to say like hey this is what we're doing and you know like and this is what we do and then all of a sudden they have to check out because like they're not prepared for for what it is that we that right. that trauma that we went through. They can't handle it. So now we've all sat around in a circle and we're talking about this and the person who's here to help us has just run out. And having a peer-based team is good because I know, like, if you came to talk to me about a fire that didn't go right, I know Jeremy Donch. I know his reputation, and he's one of one of us. Mm-hmm. And that's what peer-based uh, support okay. is all about. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and so and the, and that's what we provide. You know, so yeah. you're talking about, you know, what what do we provide? And and we're touching on the peer support. So we we actually provide peer support. And you get a first responder on the line. And, and so the number goes to my phone. It goes to Charlie's phone. We have another guy. It goes to his phone. That's on our board of directors because we're a nonprofit. We have a board. Sure. And so, you know, we're continuing to grow that team. We're going to add two more people to that team so that we can continue just to, to answer the volume. So you guys have in. a hotline. We do. So, uh, you know, uh, you can call it a hotline, whatever you want. Well, but, yeah, right. I mean, people can call or they can text it. 
It's one eight three three next rung N X T R U N G. You know, so it's pretty simple to to remember. Hopefully for people, but you know they can call or text that number at any time. I'm not going to say if it's you know two o'clock in the morning that I'm going to answer, but Charlie's on the West Coast, so his time zone is different, which right. helps, man. Like being East Coast West Coast. So sure. if we got people late at night that need something, Charlie's awake. If it's earlier in the morning on our side, I'm awake typically. You know, so. Um, but you know, we, we have a number that people can call. It's completely anonymous to right. the fact that it's not getting back to their department. It's not getting out to their crew if they don't want their crew to know, you know, so we want to, you know, provide that formality of saying, Hey, you know, if you call us, it stays anonymous. We're not going to tell anybody. It's not going to get back to, you know, the people that you don't feel comfortable, you know, it getting back to, uh, cause people sometimes don't want to be questioned or they don't want to be looked at, you know, in a certain light because of, you know, I'm struggling with this. So, you know, that's one of the things that we provide that, you know, as, as peer support, not being a part of a department or an organization that serves your department that people can reach out to. Right. Um, you know, so we, we, you know, I love that aspect of it because we've had a, little, a lot of people, you know, come and use our service because of that. Um, but even on top of that, you know, if, if peer support isn't enough for what they need and they need a licensed counselor, that's one of the things that we do also is we get them lined up with a counselor in their area. We'll find someone for them. So across the U.S., you know, so we're not just Mm -hmm. based in one state or anything like that. We will find someone in Arizona or New Mexico or Colorado, wherever it may be. Um, You know, we've had several that we line up with a licensed counselor. If their insurance doesn't cover it, then we will pay for a cycle of, you know, uh, of sessions with a counselor for them. So whether that's six sessions or 10, we'll normally talk with a counselor up front and say, hey, you know, what is the cycle like for you? Uh, You know, typically we do, you know, six sessions. So we'll pay for those up front. They don't have to worry about it. It's all paid for. They just go and they show up and they meet with them. And then lastly, one of the ways that we give back is we actually donate back to families who, who lost their firefighter to suicide. Wow. Um, so we send a check to that family. <clears throat> we send a care package with our shirts and a keychain and a challenge coin and a letter just letting them know, hey, we're sorry for what's happened. And, and while we didn't know your husband or while we didn't know, you know your spouse or whatever it may be, they were still a part of the brotherhood. We sure. care about you. We care about your family. Right. You know, um, even if you need something as a spouse, if you need something or as a girlfriend, you know, that lost her boyfriend because he, he killed himself. If you need something, if you need counseling, we'll get you lined up with someone. So that's one of the things that we do. We, we obviously want to look out for the first responders, but man, your family's important as well, you know, so we're yeah. there for those people as well. So, you know, the whole peer support, you know, is our first line of defense, but you know, if they need licensed counseling as well, then we'll provide that as well. Well, and I, th- the nice thing to hear about that is, Suicide has been around for a very long time, right? right. It's not a secret to anybody. No, not at all. And there were some really bad things that have been said about suicide, and there's a stigma that gets attached to it. And it wasn't until somebody pointed it out to me that they and they they put it. Um, I think the the person took their own life by like whatever the um, uh, medical term is for lighting themselves on fire, and they said how much pain was that person in right. to end their life in that manner. And when I started looking at it, because I was always told, well, this is a selfish decision. You're, 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 you're solving a temporary problem with a permanent solution, sure. and you should be, you know, think better. And I was like, but I'm in pain, and these people are in pain. Mm-hmm. And if we don't get to them, because we can't save them all, there are people left behind. And yeah. to know that we're acknowledging the pain that that person went through and the pain that that family is going through, I think that's 
like that's huge. Right. I mean, Jeremy would say it's a home run, but like it really is because to have that outreach to go to somebody and say like, listen, because a lo- there's a lot of places where that that's not happening. Yeah. And it's it's uh, I think it's all about perception and changing that perception to. But but how do we that. how do we change that perception? How do we? Allow for us to become softer in the firehouse. It's not about being soft. No, no, no. But yeah. but where I'm going, and, mm-hmm. and listen, like I'm not versed in this. You guys are. This is so so. Understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. I'm looking at myself, and I I'm portrayed as one of the you know maybe uh, one of the guys that's you know a little tougher than nails in the firehouse, and people lean on me all the time, right, for different things and advice and so on. For me, it's you know that you have that perception of who you are and, and what you are. And then you come across um, something like this where, you know, for me, I mean, this is totally out of my sure, realm, yeah. man. Like yeah. I am, I'm sitting here with you two right now and I'm kind of like sweating <laughs> a little bit going like, man, like I don't, and this is part of the issue. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to address the wrong product. You know, like yeah. I don't, it's, it's an uncomfortable conversation for people that aren't, versed in it and it's sure. kind of like what i'm getting at right mm-hmm. yeah. well i think the good thing is here is if you say the wrong thing blake and i will probably jump in and be like i wouldn't say it that way i get it because that's one right. of the problems but, but you're people, not going to be there you're not going to be there a week from now sure when i have a, a brother say to me like hey jay man like you know uh been having this or that or, or whatever the, the signs and symptoms are which i think are important to talk about too but i'm just saying you know we talk about awareness and we talk about how to recognize and help one another, but we have to be able, one, to be able to recognize, but two, we have to understand how to at least, at least initiate the beginning steps of help. Yeah. But it's right? as simple as saying, hey, brother, you all right? Yeah, I, I get that, but you have to admit that in the fire service, a lot of guys have their guard up. They do. And mm-hmm. a lot of guys are going to say, yeah, I'm fine. What are, you, what are you talking about? Fine. Like, what What do you mean? And yeah. I'm like, well, I, you know, you look like you're a little shaken or, you know, and... And you can you can do that. You can prod a little bit, right? Poke yeah. a little bit, but you can also generalize too. Like it doesn't have to be specifically like right. if you know you have someone struggling, or like in, in your mind you're thinking like this dude looks like he's struggling right now. You can just address it as a whole. You I know, love and that. say so, yeah, yeah. Dude, so yeah, you, you you don't have to, you just address your whole crew, or you know, even if you're not struggling with it or whatever it may be. Like I said, if you start addressing the issue as a whole and making it known, like. Maybe you don't know how to do that or, you know, someone comes to you like, hey, man, I'm struggling. But listen, man, I don't know necessarily what to tell you, but I I know someone that does. You know, we know who next rung is. Here's their number. You know, shoot them a text or give them a call. Whatever it may be until we continue to inform the fire service more. Dude, we have so many years to go back and try and undo because it hasn't been talked about for forever. That's my point. You know, so I mean, this is a new thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, we know in the fire service that we are reactive, man. Like, there's hardly anything that we are proactive about. So now we're trying to go back and fix an issue that's been an underlying thing for so many years. I mean, I look at my dad. He was a volunteer firefighter for my whole growing up. I mean, dude, they didn't talk about it. I mean, that wasn't something that was normal. They just, like you said, swallow it and they move on. That's kind of how I was raised. Like, I, you know, I, I think the older guys... Yeah. We're raised that way. Right. Like your your dad says, brush it off, kid. Like, yeah. you're well, exactly you know, I mean, right. and, and another thing to kind of for us to understand, too, is that like this has been happening. But we also lost in the last 20, 30 years our methods of communication. 
And I don't want to like blame it on a generational issue because it's not a generational issue, but like there's certain times where we have to make sure, like just like we say, we're where the attention is. We need to make sure we're looking at where the attention is and like kind of pay attention to that angle yeah. of, of our people who are out there. So like if we know that like somebody's at, cause every, every department's got the, the social media overshare. I get it. Sure. And off, if all of a sudden they're like, they're off base and they're not, like, you know, you're, you're posting something political and they're always the first one to, to, to chime in. Like, Hey, like this, this is, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's outside the norm for them. Like that's, that's something that we should kind of be paying attention to. And as far as the, the conversation and starting that conversation, I think that I kind of want to share my, 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 uh, my back pocket skills because then my crew is going to be like, we're on to you, Lieutenant. Um, but no, like it's, it's as simple as like, I think sometimes is having that conversation and even, like I, I find recognition is not recognizing that like, Hey, they're doing this, this, and this, but recognize recognition of an event. And I give an example, like we had a cardiac arrest with a 30 year old and like the guy threw a clot. That's it. You know, it was completely, uh, you know, it's just like, it was his time. Yeah. Nothing we could do. And we worked it and we got him back a couple of times by shocking him and, and worked the whole thing, got down to the hospital um, the reception at the hospital wasn't the best. They, they kind of like, were like, oh, this guy's, you know, what, what, what's his deal? Is he doing? And I'm like, no, this is not anything to do with that. And like, we came back and everybody's kind of bummed out. And I was just like, listen, guys, this was a tough call. Like, and I, I want us all to recognize that. And I want everybody that's on in the room right now to understand it didn't work out how we wanted it. But that person was surrounded by a group of people who unconditionally loved him. So, just on that, like, good job to all of you for doing what you did because that guy wasn't alone, and his family now knows that he was surrounded by people that loved him. And instantaneously, the conversation started. Yeah. And, and that's it's good. How, yeah. And, and that's, like, sometimes, like, the recognition like that is just to, like, just simply say, like, and, and even, even to, like, for me, like, I'll say, like, this one was rough for me. Yeah. And I've been doing this for a year and a day. And... It's just an, it, that's enough to get the conversation going, and you don't have to be uh, like a uh, you know a backroom psychologist or right. you know a backroom therapist. You just have to let the conversation happen, and I think sometimes like it's active listening. Like, yeah, you know what? You're you're right. That that wasn't like a cool thing. Like it was kind of weird that these things happen. I'm like, yeah, I hear that you're saying that. Like it was a little weird. The reception of the hospital was the way it was. Or yeah, I I was really confused well, I, I by this, it. and right. I and it all comes down to that active listening, and I think that really, yeah. because I, I look at it this way, and this is kind of where I've been with my myself is that when I don't understand my thoughts and I'm struggling through something, it's chaos in my mind, and I can't make sense of chaos. But the moment that I say, hey, you know what, it bothers me that Charlie Brown's not here today. Yeah. Once I say that, now it's organized and I own it and I can move on. And that's like, that's kind of how, like, I want to talk to people and yeah. approach them. I mean, like, this is your show. I'm, no, I'm no, but I, no, I mean, yeah. I, I get what you're saying too, man. I mean, it, it is hard. I mean, it's hard. Like, where do you start? Because it's not just this, you know, mm -hmm. snap and, and make everything, uh, you know, or make everyone in the fire service aware of the mental health aspect or, that I should share my feelings or whatever it may be, you know? So, I mean, it's not going to just happen like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to take time. It's going to be, you know, something over the next, you know, several decades that, that continues to take place. You know, it's just 
talking about it more and more. Just the same thing with training and how we advance in the fire service. It just slowly gets integrated. And that's how this is going to be. I mean, it's not an instantaneous thing. It's still something that's on the rise and it's not, you know, taken off in an extreme way yet. I mean, so it's still very new while it's, it's not new, you know, it's starting Mm -hmm. to become more and more talked about. It's still very small on the scale of things that are talked about compared to the rest of the things that we have in the fire service. So, so I get what you're saying. I mean, it's not just something that, you know, everyone's going to start talking about automatically because of of this podcast or because someone says anything or or whatever it may be, it's going to take years. And And so you know, our hope is is that we're still around it in several years from now, that we're continuing to, you know, help people through that and help people understand that. And, and that's part of our goal as well is to, you know, create a, a curriculum that we can, you know, teach as peer support where we can come in and enlighten people about it and say, hey, you know, this is what we're here for. And, and even too, man, and, and I don't know what it is, but there's definitely something different about, I'm 30, so there's something different about my generation, the pop. ones coming after, you know, after me and things like that. And, and there's, you know, I guess, pardon me for saying this, there's some sort of disconnect and I don't know where that disconnect came from, mm-hmm. but, you know, from, you know, where my dad was or, or people that are 10 years older than me to the people that we see now, there, there's some sort of, of disconnect, even more so. And I don't know what that is. I'm sure I could drive myself crazy trying to figure that out, but there's something different, man. I mean, we can, I think we can recognize that and that's okay. I I think that like, I look back to at least when I was bought in, uh, I I was very blessed. I had, uh, my mother was involved in the, in the, in the team. And then I had this rock star of a, of a, um, instructor, Pete Volkman. And he's uh, actually a, a police chief up in Chatham, and he does like a whole good Chatham cares for you thing with getting heroin patients and and whatnot into rehabs, and it's very successful. But he um, he was uh, he was very good at making sure. I'm trying to think how to put it. Um, he was very good at making sure people understood. Um, that aspect of, of talking and that things happen in firehouses successfully because we've always talked around a kitchen table. And he said that like post-traumatic stress debriefing teams were not started by, you know, any doctors or people with degrees. They were, they were started by senior firefighters with cups of coffee around the table. And he's like, and when you think about what we do in, in, in debriefings, that's exactly what we do, except we just don't have a large enough coffee table sometimes to get yeah. everybody around. So we sit in a circle and, you know, but like that's that's kind of what it is. It's that we sit around and we I think we've done it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you've done it and you don't even realize you've done it. No, I know. You know? I know. Like, so I, like, but, but there is, though, there is that conversation to have because with all the people that follow and listen to us and watch our stuff and listen to our stuff, there are the old school traditionalist firefighters that we don't, we don't put our feelings out there. We don't engage somebody else with the fear that we might hit on our own feelings. Mm -hmm. I'm like that. Well, I think I like, I have a hard time, you know, truthfully, like I have, it's been easier since I've had children Mm -hmm. because like I have, you know, I have four kids and my youngest is 11 and it goes up from there. Three girls, one boy. So you want to talk about feelings and you know, so on. Like I'm in touch with it. Right, like, I yeah, get it. And yeah. I've become, I've become much more in tune to listening. And and I think my demeanor has come, you know, um, around a little bit more. Where I'm a little bit softer, right? Maybe the edges aren't as sharp anymore. And I've, I've, but I'm still in favor of my daughters and, and my son falling down and getting hurt. 
I'm still in favor of them. Yeah. It's okay to ride your bike without your helmet for like, you know, no, you're not every time, but like you're a kid, like you're meant to get hurt. You're meant to learn from your mistakes. We can't pad. Right. And I think in the fire service, and I can speak to this because I feel this way. And I'm sure if I feel this way, there's a million other guys that feel this way. We have to, we put, we put up walls to protect ourselves from letting our feelings out so that other guys don't see us as weak or inferior. And I know that's completely wrong. I get it. But that's how a lot of us feel. Yeah. And so this is, this is my point of all this, right? Where I'm mm-hmm. going with this is that that's why awareness is so important. And I think what you guys are doing is you're in, a, you're in a, an avenue of approach that is current and of today where mm-hmm. people can reach out through current means to ask questions but we have to entice them and educate them the importance of reaching out. Sure. And, you know, I might not be the guy. I mean, I like to think that if somebody's in need, man, I'm there for them in a heartbeat right. and so on. But, again, like, it might be my own. I might not even recognize my own sign and symptoms. You know what I mean? Like, I might be struggling with something, but I'm a traditionalist. I'm one of those hardcore guys. Like, there's a lot of stories of guys that have 25-plus years in a job, hardcore, tough-as-nails firemen. They're an alcoholic. Right. They hit their wife. Mm-hmm. They beat their kids. They disappear and go to the casino for three weeks at a club. Yeah, they're decompressing somehow. Right. Yeah. So right. so we're, we've been hitting on suicide, and that yeah. obviously that's a huge part of mental health. No, but, but I kind of wanted to bring it right, right so, there with yeah. it, man. So I wanted to bring it around that way, too. Yeah. And I'm talking about, like, I know for a fact that I'm not, I don't cope the best. And I don't, and I have some vices, like, if yeah. I need to let go every once in a while. But it's not destructive by any means or, yeah. or abusive or, um, uh, you know, uh, addictive, if you will. But yeah. but a lot of guys But do. there is that issue. I right. mean, naturally, yeah. the fire service, I mean, I mean, we, we see people drink themselves to death, you know. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things. They go home, they hit the bottle because they, they aren't sure what else to do. You know, but that at some point became normal. You know, like, oh, he's having another beer. That's right. not a big deal. He's having another, you know glass of Jack or, you know, whatever it may be, whiskey, something. I mean, it just became a normal thing. I mean, if you think about the the fire service, you know, other than coffee, one of the things that we centralize ourselves around is drinking and things like that. I mean, that's been, uh, you know, a mentality that, and I'm not saying that drinking is wrong by any means, but we're we're making it, we're jesting. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) you're absolutely, but you blink. It is, man. I mean, so there's some way that you're going to decompress or some sort of something that you're going to do to help yourself feel better. Um, you know, but I mean, I don't think there's a magic answer. No. I mean, and that's and no. that's a hard thing. Is there's not just a, a, a across the board answer that can fix it all, right? You know, but you mentioned that you maybe you're not good with it. But here's the thing: you have a crew that's made up of several different people with different personalities. You can find someone on your crew or in your house or in your department that's good at that stuff. And I love say, it, brother. Hit hey, on let's that. run Hit with it. That. You know, that's so. Huge. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be you. Like, if that's not your gift, that's great. Maybe your gift is training. Maybe your gift is whatever it may the be in the fire the plumber, service. Yeah. The, the right. electrician. Everyone's I mean, got right. specialties that's that right. serves in the fire service. I mean, we're we're the jack of all trades, right? We're supposed to be there to be able to do anything. That's and a fantastic so point. I didn't even think of that, Blake. That's yeah, a there's so many point. things that yeah. we're great at, man. I mean, most of us, if we aren't at the firehouse, we're doing something else, you know, other than just jacking our jaws. But... You know, we, we have things that we're good at, so let those people run with it. And don't be scared of that. Some people are scared to let go of that, and not necessarily people that are, you know, outside the office, but, you know, your higher-ups and things like that. We that's Those are the people that we have to impact, you know, and, and get to those people. And, 
you know, one of the things that I've seen personally, you know, from the department that I started that is it's not just the people that are in the service now, it's the people that are retired for three, four, five yeah, years absolutely. who are now struggling because, you know, when, when we're in the midst of it, we don't think about it near as much because we're always busy. But these guys that have been retired for three or four or five years, man, where I started at Gwinnett County, there's a battalion chief that was retired for five years. Man, he ended his life because he couldn't handle all the pressure, all the calls that were coming back that were surfacing, and, you know, that he had run on. And now what do I do with this? So we can't just, you know, be here for our, our current guys, but being here for the guys that are here, you know, from the beginning, you know, the, the guys that are retired. So I, I think that uh, it's, a, it's a, a thing I've watched a couple of retirees go through. Are you okay? Yeah. Seth, we're good? All right. Keep All right. Going, Rob. <laughs> but uh, no, don't worry about. It. You know, and and this is one of the things that I kind of got bought into. Like, there's some back pocket. Uh, we call them back pocket skills. But like, you're having a normal reaction to an abnormal situation was always one of the things that I've I've been told. And sure. um, that at the end of people's retirement, like if like and you, and you say like I don't have these feelings or like the, the people that are tough as nails, like you're storing that someplace. So at the end of retirement or in retirement like when your body kind of figures out that you're not in combat anymore, that you're not going to work. Yeah. I, yep. That, oh, yeah. that drawer comes open and it's time to clean a house with the files. Mm -hmm. And like, it's super important to let anybody who's retiring or walking out the door to right. know like, Hey, you are always one welcome back in this firehouse. And two, like my phone's always on. Like my senior man, he still comes back and checks in with me and like he's, he's not hitting any of these things here that we're talking about. But like, just the fact that he's coming through the firehouse yeah. is, is huge because I, I watch other people leave fire stations and they don't come back or the yeah. guys forget about them. And like you said, we have to know that at the end of that career, eventually we're going to start cleaning house yeah. and everything's going to, like we're going to start reviewing the files. Right. And I know all of us have some pretty good files to review. Oh, without a doubt. You know? Definitely. Without a doubt. So. We all have stories to tell, you know, that's one yeah. of my favorite things about the fire service and going other places, listening to what other people have to say, you know, I mean, you can learn so much from it, you know, and, and so just being open, I think, um, I, I think one of the, obviously the good things that we're at in the fire service is busting each other's balls, you know, and Without doing stuff. I mean, that's what we do. Well, I mean, round table yeah. talk, stuff like that, right. dude, like is huge. It's incredible. And we can be hard on each other too. Like, but sometimes we just got to be willing to ask the hard questions like, Hey, is that a hard call for you? Like, are you struggling with that? You know, it's just being, you know, willing to step up and say, Hey man, like I'm going to ask a hard question. Like, is anybody else struggling with that call or anyone else, you know, do this or do that? Mm -hmm. or, or is there anything that you guys need to talk about? And I mean, I think, you know, from us, it starts with changing the fire service now. And those are the people that are, are entering into the fire service, the rookies that are coming out and things like that. If we make it normal to them, it's going to change the fire service. It's going to take several years because, uh, you know, God knows that it's hard to take an old firefighter to make him change his ways. So, you know? so let's hit on that because I, I wrote a, I don't write a lot of notes when we're doing podcasts. I kind of try to store it in my head and then I forget it anyway. But I actually made a note on this and it says, is the department on board? Meaning for me and my question to you, and you hit on it before, is when we educate, <clears throat> we know we're talking about the company officer talking yeah. to his guys and debriefing, but has next rung you and Charlie, have you guys been able to get through to departments? And I'm talking department on a upper echelon from the chief of the department on down where departments are starting, or do you know of any departments, uh, not that you have to name them, but yeah. departments that are starting to address mental health as much as we address physical health. Right. 
you know, like I told you, the, yeah. the fire service is reactive. Yeah. And so I think a lot of what you see, the, the ones that are changing are the ones that have been affected personally. Right. Um, you know, maybe they've kind of started into it and, you know, they're kind of, you know, piddling with it. Oh, maybe this is a good idea. We should try and get something started. But then something happens and then it's all hands on deck because, holy hell, what do we do now? We don't know how to operate through this and how do we maneuver through this. So typically some of the things that you're seeing is from a reactive standpoint because they had someone in their department take their life or they had a neighboring department, someone take their life. You know, so they're starting to think about that. Listen, man, a lot of what happens in the fire service is reactionary based upon something yeah. that happens, right? Exactly. We have a fatality. We learned out- Yeah, way. we have a fatality in the outlying district. Next thing you know, a year later, you get a firehouse that pops up out there because it was never addressed before. You know, I mean, like, yeah. right. like that. Like, think about all the we, big training things that you go through, the Denver drill, all right, these different things is, is from someone's death. You but know? I think you hit on something, and this is what brought it full circle for me, is you know, educating departments is one, and if they're not willing to listen or they're not there yet, I get that, right? It takes time, and you said that. But I also think that you know, we talk about this newer generation of firefighters, and they're more open-minded to all of it. Right. Whereas the guys of 25 years plus kind of closed minded to, you know, I deal with that on my own terms and we don't need to talk about that. Sure. Right. I think it's important to talk about it maybe in the academy, you know, that Definitely. like when you're bringing yeah. in your rookie classes or your probie classes, that's that something you, I would love to do. man. Yeah. And if, and you know, and I'm just thinking like, if you can get a department on board to understand the, the, the need for this, right? Mm-hmm. The the fact that we need to educate our own because all yeah. we're doing is preserving our own, right? We're right. we're trying to better because here's the deal. If you have somebody that's struggling mentally on the fire ground or in the firehouse, they're not performing. Oh, it's dangerous, man. Absolutely. It's dangerous for themselves. It's dangerous for the crew. It's yeah. dangerous for the department and the yeah. public, right? Could like, even be dangerous for their family. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. Right. All the way around, right? So, so you have to think that, you know, departments, and I got to think like bigger departments, they, they have to be signing on to this. Oh, I mean, definitely. They, they yeah. have to understand the need for it um, and so on. But, you know, I think it's important. And I think it starts at the beginning. If we can get, you know, departments to understand the importance of taking care of our own. You know, physical health <clears throat> 25 years ago was a cigarette and a cup of coffee. And these guys kept <laughs> yeah, going yeah, back out on the rig, right? Yeah, mustache, now, you know. 25 years. <laughs> speaking of mustaches, what the hell happened? Bro, I was in the mirror, you know, after I got out of the shower with the razor in the hand. I was like, should I do it? And you I had one hell of a stash going. I made it, I made a choice, man. You know, I don't no, know if it was the no, right no. choice. But. Well, you know, it can always come back. It <laughs> oh, that's right. It back. grows back. But yeah. But where I was going with this was a cigarette and a cup of coffee right. and, and a greasy burger was the firehouse norm. 25 years later, it's now physical fitness, how well these guys can perform based upon how well they can do their duties based upon how well they're in shape. And that transitional time was... 25 years. 20, I mean, I get it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, and so we're at the beginning of this, you know, I mean, really in the past two years, you've seen it hit big. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and here's the thing that I hear all the time. And I, I agree to an extent is, Hey, you signed up for this job, right? You hear that all the time. Like, but it's you true. signed up for this it's job, true. you know, you, you knew what was going to happen. And, you know, I, I think back to it and yeah, like I knew that I was going to run those calls but until you're a part of it and you experience it, you don't know how it's going to impact you personally. How am I going to deal with that call? Yeah, I know I'm going to run that call, but how how is that going to impact me? You know, well, like, and I think about, you know, one one of the most recent ones for me was back in Thanksgiving, man. And, you know, just being transparent about the call is, dude, it was a crappy call. It was, it was two kids, 12 years old. 
They lost their hamster. It got into the garage. They went into the garage to find it. A car left the roadway, hit the garage, hit the van that was inside the garage, threw one under it. He broke everything from his waist down. The other kid got pinned against the wall, man. And just because of the nature uh, of the injuries that he sustained, didn't make it. Wow. But I've never seen a scene like that, dude. I've never seen so much blood. And, you know, we helped the one kid, got him off into the ambulance, and then I started working on the other one, man. We worked him to the hospital, and we worked him, and we worked him, and we worked him. But because of what had happened, they couldn't fly him. You know, we rode him into the hospital, you know, and things like that. And then, you know, just some of the details of the call, man, just it pisses you off because uh, of yeah. what's going on. And, right. uh, you know, so to me, like, that's one of the calls most recently that sticks out to me. And, like, I'd never experienced that, you know. And, and personally, like, for me and the way that I deal with things, you know, normally for four or five days, dude, I'm, I'm pissed off or I'm angry or whatever it may be, but I'm processing. Like, I make myself walk back through that call and say, hey, no matter what what was going on at the call, even if you had a doctor on scene, you had an OR, you know, team, you know, ready to go, would it have changed anything? Right. You know, and I think back to those things for myself, and no, you know, I mean, it wouldn't have changed it because uh, the nature of everything that had gone on, dude, it was just a crappy incident, like a freak accident. So you know, I mean, there was nothing different that could have been done that could could have changed that. And typically, you know. But I do. I make myself walk back through that, and I, I know how I need to process a call to get past it. And so after that, I just try to detach my emotion from it. But I let that story be something that I can share with other people, and I let that call drive me because there's so many times, man, where we get so fed up with having to go out to an, another call. You know, this person is is a normal, or we're going to check a, a fire alarm or whatever it may be, and we get pissed off. Right? It's three o'clock in the morning. Sure. You're like, oh, I got to wake up again. <clears throat> But allow those calls to drive me to say, you know what? I couldn't help this person because of the nature of the call. But this person I'm going to right now, I can help them. Like, they yeah. they don't have anything that's, you know, life-threatening right now. And I can help them be nice and all these things. So, I mean, that's typically how I deal with it. I just allow those calls to drive me to become better at my job and hopefully not gripe as much because we like to gripe. You know, you there's know, no secret about that. But. Yeah, and I, you know, it, something that's, that's just dawning on me as as we're talking about this, and I, and we brought up, you know, are we educating departments from the top down? But also, you know, how does your department, you know, you you pl- you're a paramedic outside of being a firefighter, you're a paramedic, right? And you worked on those on those poor children that just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time with the yeah. wrong set of circumstances, and there's nothing, you know, you can you could do everything in your power, and sometimes the situation doesn't work out, right? How does your department prepare you for that? They don't. They prepare you yeah. to perform your skills. Correct. They prepare you to put a tourniquet, run a IV, start ox. I'm not an EMT by any means, sir. You're doing but, good though. I'm you know really proud saying? of you. Close, man. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, can yeah, be yeah, a right? good one. Honorary. So, but, nah, not yeah. even close, man. <laughs> but but here's the thing. They they teach you and prepare you for battle. Yeah. But like the military, are they teaching PTSD? Are they teaching you how to cope? Are I, they I, teaching you how to deal with the other part of it? Not I, yet. No. I, not yet, but it's <laughs> it's it's coming. And Well, that, that's what we're talking about. And I think the other thing is it's it's all about like, you know, like for I mean, obviously for me, like I'm talking to the guys that come in and I'm like, "Hey, like listen, this is this is the deal. Like this is the stuff that's out there and here are the resources that we know are available to us and these are the people that we trust." And like we had a guy come in and, and his name was Jeff Dill and from Firefighter Behavioral Health Alliance and he was like, "Hey, you you need to vet yeah, these Jeff's people." Great, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and he was like, so we went out and did that. And then, like, you know, from the working with the critical incident stress, the briefing team and stuff, like, it's just that, like, making sure 
people know, like, you, you know, and I think you kind of hit on it before, like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's like those back pocket skills of being like, listen, can you look in the mirror and say that you did everything to the best of your ability it, with the situation you had with all the resources you had? And if the answer is yes, then, like, you know, it, it's not going to be easy, but, like, you've done your part. You've served on this call. And then I always go back to that, like, no matter how bad it was. No, I, I get Those that. people were surprised we're surrounded and it's important uh, for us to kind of reinforce that with our younger people. But kind of where I'm going with this too, is that if we're not preparing our rookie class and our probate classes from the get go, that this is part of it, right? This is the Mm -hmm. aftermath, right? This younger generation. And I hate, you know, not millennial, none of that, but what I do know, and just through personal experience between my own children and guys at the firehouse is this younger generation does very well when you give them the specifics of how to do it. Right. If mm-hmm. you expect X, Y, and Z out of them, if you tell them that up front, yeah. they're going to do it. Dude. And they're going to work their ass off. Do it well, right? Yeah. Because you told them how to do it and what's expected of them. Right. There's no there's no gray anymore. And I think maybe that's part of the struggle of the this fire one, service yeah, that we talked about. How, how do you maneuver through the gray? You know? Right. And and so now, like I know like my twenties God, Michael's twenty six, Kendra's twenty three, right? My two older guys. They need to be specifically told what you expect and what you want done, and they'll do it to yeah. the to the best of their ability and they crush it. Mm-hmm. But when there's a little bit of gray in there, myself, I was raised to figure that out with right. common sense yeah. and understand of how to do that. But there's that dis- disconnect now, is, I think. And so, and so what happens is, is that we're not preparing, we're not teaching, we're not educating this younger generation that after you have that child fatality, how do you deal with it? If they're not being told at least how to recognize signs and symptoms or how to deal with it from an official standpoint, they're at a loss. Yeah. I think so. And I, and I want to jump in right there. Yeah, you please. talked about one of our goals, man. Like, And I've sat down and talked to, about this with Charlie and our board is if we can make it into fire academies, into departments where, where they're training a rookie class and teach that to them, like that's where it starts, man. Like if they know, hey, yeah, you're going to see crappy stuff and here's some things that you might feel afterward, and that's completely normal. Like, don't don't turn that off. You know, yeah. like those are the things that that we have to go in and talk about. You know, I think that's extremely important because, like you said, when we're you know being trained, we go through these checkoffs, we do it over and over and over and over again, so that we learn it. Well, if we come in and we talk about this, and you know, we have a whole section on the mental health aspect uh, of the fire service and things like that. I mean. Dude, that would be a huge home run because now they're being exposed to it and now they're knowing that, hey, it's coming down from the top that, hey, this is something that you can expect. And it's okay. When this happens, you may feel this way and that's okay. If you feel that way, open up and talk to somebody. Go to, you know, someone that's on your crew. Go to your your officer, whoever it may be. And the more and more that we, we raise the awareness is putting it in front of people. Right, because they may not be aware of it, and that's what raising awareness is. It's putting it in front of people, allowing them to hear about it, and jogging their 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 mind about okay, maybe this is an issue. Yeah. Maybe what he's saying is valid. You know, maybe we've seen this, but now that someone brings it to our attention again, maybe we should address this. You know, throughout our department and through throughout our, our rookie schools or whatever it may be. One thing I think too is really important for us to kind of like hit on um, is that 
we talk about, I think a lot of stuff gets generalized. Like people say, oh, PTSD. Mm-hmm. Or like you have a critical incident, stress, a debriefing team coming in because this is a critical incident. Right. Or we're, you know, like suicide is the one that, because like that's, that ends someone's life. Right. But like, do we ever talk about anxiety? Do we ever talk about and educate towards like depression yeah. or hypervigilance? Mm-hmm. Like Rick George talked about, like he did something on hypervigilance once and I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like this let is me a, let me tell you something real quick. Just that I, I don't mean to yeah, cut yeah. you off, but that dude, unbelievable stories. Yeah. Like if you if you do this is just directed at our listeners. If you're not familiar with who he is, please look him up and listen to some of the podcasts he's been on and some of the content that he puts out. Oh yeah. And that is in your face, and that's coming from a guy that's you know, like he'll you know, he'll arm wrestle a bear. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I mean at least that's how he comes yeah. off, you know, and I don't I don't know him. I've never met him, but just listening to some of the some of the content that he's put out, yeah, wow, but I, you incredible. Know, yeah, he's he's a, he's a rock star in his own in his own right, and, without a and, doubt. And, and, yeah. and to to address that, we 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 put that specifically in the things that we you know talk about. Hey, you know this is what your mental health is, is impacted by: the depression, anxiety, sleep deprivation, you know, uh, suicidal ideation. Um, substance abuse, marital issues, dude. I can tell you right now that we've probably half of the people that we've dealt with is because of marital issues. Dude, that weighs heavy on people, you know? So they're going into work and we're, when they're at work, they're worrying about their home life. And, you know, I mean, it, so that's that's a huge factor as well. So, I mean, we put all those things into the, the things that we address and that we will talk to people about, you know? So just to answer your question, yeah. you know, that's one of the things that, that we throw out there. Hey, if you're struggling with any of these things, let us know. We'll be happy to walk with you through this, you know, and we're grateful that people trust us with their stories and we walk with them through that time, man. And we've been able to do that. You know, people on, on the ledge of suicide because of, of things that are going on in life, hopefully, you know, and our goal is to help step them back from that ledge, you know, turn around the other way and, and you know, walk through this, you know, it is, it's a storm. But it is temporary. We just got to be able to make it through. Whatever that temporary may be, whether that's, you know, a few weeks or a few months or a year, I don't know. But, I mean, our goal is just to walk them through that time and, you know, through the end of that. And and as we, you know, kind of end our time with them, we don't ever completely disconnect. But, you know, our goal is just to to lead them through that time and allow them to see, you know what, I can do this. I can make it through this stuff. So I I think, too, it's just like – Another thing I wanted to kind of touch on um, and, and maybe you can kind of shed some light on it is understanding triggers for people. Because I don't think that like when Jeremy was talking before about not our, our lack of education for our rookie firefighters and yeah. people that are coming in is a trigger. Mm-hmm. And I know for myself, like it took me a month and a half to figure out that I should drive another way into work and stop driving past 112 Fairview Avenue. And I couldn't figure out why I would walk into work mm. upset and angry. And it was because subconsciously I was driving by the scene of this fatal house fire in Fairview. And like, finally one day, like it just it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, wait a second, I'm going right past this yeah. thing. And I'm reliving it every time I drive by it. And so like, I mean, have, have you done like education and stuff like that or awareness and raise that? Like, and, and do you have any like thoughts or yourself or? No, I, I think you're right, man. And I don't, you guys know, um, fully involved Mark Van Oppen. He wrote, mm-hmm. he wrote an article on that. Yeah. And it's, it's a great article, man, about, you know, passing by that scene, um, you know, I passed by the scene of the one I talked about in November of, of last year. I passed by it all the time when we were running calls, you know, so, I mean, it does, like, you, you can't help but think about it, you know, and, um, 
y- y- there are triggers, and a lot of times you don't know what those triggers are until it happens. Um, you know, you don't know why, why am I starting to feel this way again? You know, that was a year ago or that was a few months ago or whatever it may be, but there are triggers that, that we have. And it's just, you know, I guess experiencing that trigger to figure yeah. out, all right, this is, you know, how, how can I prevent this or how can I, you know, you know, I, I think recognition too, yeah. because that's one thing like you don't, you, you sometimes don't get to control the trigger. Right, you the trigger is going to yeah. come at you, but it's also like, cause, and, and, and for, for me, like I've always found triggers are something that reminds me of a trauma that I've experienced yeah. in the past. And usually I know it's happening is because all of a sudden I'll feel really anxious. Yeah. And it's like, I've just had like seven pots of coffee and I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah. And I'm irritable. And I'm like, all of a sudden, like I'll knock into this cup and I'll be like, screw that cup. It's son of a, you know, and I'll be yeah. like, that's like for, for me, that's not going to be everybody, no, you're but right. it's kind of recognizing and that in our career, we're going to see things yeah. that are not nice, but like we may have this trigger come up further down the line. And it's just kind of that recognition of that. Cause it's all, I, I think the mental health stuff gets lost because we don't talk about <coughs> hypervigilance. We don't yeah. talk about anxiety. We don't talk about depression. We don't talk about sleep deprivation. Uh, and that's a big one right there, man. Sleep deprivation. Yeah. I mean, it, it triggers so many different things that maybe we don't even know that we're dealing with you know mm-hmm. i mean the lack of sleep i mean that's dude i get so irritable and angry i mean it's, it's bad if i don't get enough sleep and it takes a while to get there sometimes you know maybe it's several days without you know sleep or just getting a few hours and things like that but the things start to come out i mean me personally like if i have a lack of sleep or you know angry things like that i get really nitpicky like i just pick out like hey man why is that like that you know or go home you know i've been away from the the wife and the kids for a day and like they do something. I'm like, why are you doing that? You know, just stuff like that. I mean, I I didn't realize that until I got some training on it, that sleep deprivation, like if you have, and I I forget what the exact numbers are, but let's just say you don't get a night of sleep and you're driving. Like now you got to take the family on vacation. Yeah. You're you're impaired driving is it's the same thing as if you kick back a couple drinks and now you're like, Hey family, let's go on that vacation. Dad's done with work. (laughs) Right. And it's like, you know, and we've all done it. Right. Yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, I think to relate it back to the fire service, you know, and, and all this together, you know, if we see an issue on the fire ground, if we don't address it, man, that's stupid on our part, correct? You know, if we see a, an issue that's going on and we know that it, you know, that that decision made a bad call and it, you know, it screwed up the scene or it screwed up, you know, whatever operation was going on. It's the same thing for us. Like, if we see something going on and we see that, you know, this is a bad choice or whatever it may be. If we don't address it, it's going to do the same thing. It's going to continue to be screwed up until we address the issue that's going on, you know. And so I think that's where it comes in, you know, as your crew and, and things like that or the people that you work around or listening to your family members because a lot of times they recognize you being different, you know. Yeah. So they're like, hey, there's something different. Like They may not understand, right, because they don't live that job. They don't work the job that you work or they don't run the calls that you run. You know, but I, I mean, I made a post about that the other day. Listen to the people around you. They know when you're different and don't be offended if they tell you, man. Like just, you know, sorry, just man up, you know, man up and don't be offended by someone yeah. saying, hey, I think there's something a little bit different about you, man. I, I'm not trying to bust your balls or anything, but I've noticed that there's some difference in you. And look at that, how I, maybe I am different. You know, trust the people around you because, I mean, guys, we care about each other. Hopefully hopefully your crew loves you and they want to see you do well and be successful and things like that. So I'm, I'm sitting here. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't said much. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sitting, getting real nervous. I'm no, like, what's no, going no, on, Jeremy? No, no, no. Like, there, there's a reason for that, right? No. Like, yeah. I, as much as I talk, I listen. 
And so, you know, I might talk a lot or be out front speaking a lot, but at the end of the day, I listen. And like tonight is amazing to have Blake here. And I wish Charlie was here because we would have gotten both of them just, you know, really bring just incredible awareness. But, you know, I mean, we're, we're talking about just incredible things. And I, myself, like I said, I mean, I'm like the archaic guy at the table. Like I said that before, a half hour ago in this conversation, I'm the guy that doesn't get it. I don't recognize it. I don't know how to, you know, maybe, maybe I do, maybe I don't, I don't know, but I'm sitting here listening, Blake. And like, this is awesome. This is absolutely incredible because if I'm feeling this way, I hope that a lot of our listeners are sitting back and really digesting this and listening to it because I never thought of sleep deprivation as part of mental health. I never thought of, you know, a few other things really fall in that realm. And so for me, I'm sitting back listening to this and I'm putting like situate Rob, you talk about driving past Fairview Avenue. Like I remember the Fairview Avenue fire and I remember how just incredibly over the top that was for you guys that night. And the cards were dealt, man. And it was, it was a tough night. And the fact that you drive past, I, every Every single day I drive the engine and we're driving back from somewhere. I'm educating the guys on the engine. We had a fire in that house. This house mm -hmm. has this. We mm -hmm. do this. We did that. We ran a fatal here. here. Yep. Fatal here. We did this. Yeah. We do that all the time. I don't recognize that as part of this, this umbrella of what we're talking about tonight. And there are times where you might get ornery or a little more, you know, sensitive or judgmental mm -hmm. and, like I'm sitting here tonight listening to this and I'm like, man, I'm starting to like really start thinking about like my demeanor of just how I envelop people and, and how I listen and so on. So I am, I'm floored. Like, this is fantastic. And I really hope like, this is, this is a much more serious podcast than we've ever done. Yeah. I just think this, but this content deserves that, right? It yeah, deserves it open conversation. And I'd like to think that if anything, we get this message out tonight and we talk about awareness yeah. and we can keep going on and on about awareness and we know right, how important yeah. that is. I do want to talk about your Change Lives campaign a little sure, bit. Yeah. Um, you guys are a nonprofit. You are you do raise money and you look for fundraising to help right. offset the cost of um, mm -hmm. working with our first responders and their families. Right, yeah. Maybe you can hit on that a little bit. Yeah, so, Let's get so the message the, out. Yeah, man, the Change Lives campaign is actually my wife's idea, man. She's, she's really business-minded, always has been. Sure. She's managed different you know, companies or, you know, different shops, things like that. Um, so she's really business minded. She's like, Hey, what do you think about this? And I was like, man, this is perfect. You know? So what the change lives campaign is, is a monthly way to partner with us. And we wanted to make it like not a burden whatsoever on sure. people. So we started at $3 a month and it goes up to 60, you know, so it makes some jumps in there, you know, for businesses and things like that. Um, so this is a way that people can partner monthly and when they partner with us, you know, we, we like to commemorate that partnership. So we actually send them a challenge coin. Um, it doesn't go out immediately because, I mean, we, we have over 200, you know, partners right now. Um, and it's been a little over probably about a year and a half since we started it, which is awesome. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, but so people get a challenge coin. We send that out to them with a letter explaining where the money goes to. And the money goes directly back to our mission. So all the money that we collect from the Change Lives campaign it's all set up through PayPal. It goes into a separate account. It's not intertwined into the the daily things that we do, our apparel or anything like sure. that. It goes into a savings account, and all that money is used directly to go back to providing financial assistance for licensed counseling when uh, first responders, firefighters come in or their family members may need it. And then it also goes back to writing a donation check to the family who lost their, their firefighter or first responder to suicide. 
So all that money is collected back into one account, and that's where it goes to. And we will also use that to help further our education in the peer support aspect of things yeah. so that we can, you know, continue to learn and uh, further ourselves, you know, for the people who are coming in because we want to give them the best that, that we can. So um, where can uh, where can everybody find this? Yeah, so our, our website is nextrung.org. Uh, and you can go click on the the tab. If you're on your phone, there's a little tab at the top right. You can go down, or if you're on the website, it's under the Change Lives campaign. Uh, so you can go there and sign up. Again, it starts at $3. It goes to 5 and upward from there to $60. So, uh, you know, this is our monthly way that people can partner with us. Obviously, people can donate one time as sure. well. Um, you know, and, and a lot of people ask for our challenge coins all the time, you know, and, and the reason that we do it this way is because when someone has our challenge coin, we want it to, to mean something. Absolutely. Uh, you know, like, hey, I'm making a difference in the lives of the people that I serve around daily. So that's the only way that you can get one of our challenge coins is by partnering with us in this. And and I want to talk about that. I please, want to talk about do. making the difference because this is one of the things that, like, for me, like I'm an emotional guy and I had to stop and collect myself when I was looking at your Instagram a little bit, uh, like was it a week or two ago. And you had people who you helped mm-hmm. send photos in of themselves mm-hmm. with a next wrong shirt on and said, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys. Yeah. Like how, Dude. how powerful is that to know that you've had, Bro, you said, it and it gives me chills, man. So, yeah. you know, we, we walk with these people through whatever it is that they're going through and, and like I said, man, we're, we're just grateful that people trust us enough, you know, and I tell Charlie a lot, man, like we, we have to put our faces out there because when people call in, they know who they're talking That's to. Right. They, they understand Absolutely. like, hey, like, hey, I want to talk to that guy. I can trust him, you know. So the fact that people trust us with their story, you know, but to be able to, to make it through that, man, you know, with someone who's on the edge, you know, they're calling you and like, you know, like, I mean, and, and there's a matter of time, like it they're about to make a choice, you know, it's, it's going to go one way or the other, you know? And so thankfully they call us before they make that choice, you know, and, and I'll be honest, there's probably going to be some point where someone calls us and they still make the choice. We haven't run into that yet, you know, and, and man, I hope to God that we never have to, but I mean, I know the nature of the beast and I'm sure at some point we can't save everybody. And I know that, but man, the people that we can help and walk through that, and they come out on the other side and they send a picture and say, hey, you know, this is a suicide that didn't happen because of you. Man, like that. Or a marriage that stayed together. Yeah. Or I saw or an alcohol counseling. Yeah. Or, or even you, something as simple as getting a, a sleep machine because you, you found out you had sleep apnea from all whatever, the yeah. 20 years of uh, of being woken up at the middle of the right. night to run down the No street. matter what it is. I mean, it doesn't have yeah. to be as big as that. I mean, there are times where people just want to come in, you know, they talk with us for a few hours and they're good to go regardless of whatever their situation is, they made it through whatever hardship they were going through at that point. Is it over? No, because it's going to be a constant struggle. It's something that you will continue to address throughout your life, but at least you know how to manage that or you have someone that can help you manage that, you know, but yeah, I mean, getting stuff like that, I'm not the only one that gets it. Charlie gets it as well. You know, I mean, we're in this together. I mean, it's, it's always, it's, it's about us, you know, it's not about, it's not about me, Blake, it's not about Charlie, but it's about next rung and what we are, you know, trying to give back to the fire service is where it starts originally. That's where my heart is and that's where it originates, you know, so we do a lot of fire service. We, you know, EMS kind of gets rolled into that. We haven't really delved into the, the law enforcement side yet. I, I mean, there's just so much, I mean, there's so, so much in the fire service that, that we still have less left untouched. So, um, but I mean, yeah, I do that. I mean, that makes a huge difference, you know? I mean, that's one of the best messages I could ever get in my entire life, you know? And 
And I told, you know, Charlie from day one, if we can help one person, I consider it a success. Yeah. Yeah. We've done that. You know, we've done that more than once at this point. So, uh, you know, we've made our difference already, you know, and so anything that we can do from here is just a huge plus. And, and, um, and I personally, like, even though I'm like, we're we're here and and we, and and we know each other through the social media channel, but I want to personally thank the people who had the courage to say like, Hey, you helped me. And here's yeah. my story because they're, they're helping destroy the stigma that's out there with this. Right. And like you can do a lot of things in the fire yeah. service, but having that courage to take that step right. to, to not only get the help, but then to come back and be like, you know, here, here it is. Yeah. I'm a survivor and then is, the, is and huge. Then what's really cool is to see the people that we've helped or we've walked through our peer support. They turn around and they sign up for this. Dude, like now they're not, they're paying it forward, right? I mean, that's what this is. This is all this is, is paying it forward because you never know when the time's going to come that you may need it. You know, maybe you don't need it right now, or maybe you think you're never going to struggle with this, which is great, man. Like if anyone could go through life and never struggle with a thing in their life, dude, I I mean, that'd be incredible. But there are people around you. I mean, you know, that are going to struggle with certain things and to be able to help and pay that forward Dude, I mean, there, there's nothing greater. I mean, we're, we're in this job that we do, whether you're career volunteer, because we want to pay it forward. We want to serve the community. And, and we're servants at heart, man. And this is just another way to serve. And you're making a difference. Serve the people that, that come in and, and need our help. So, so um, this is huge. And like you said, it is tax deductible. People can write it off on their taxes at the end of the year. We send a letter out, you know, for them to do that. So, uh, we don't keep the money, man. I mean, we're not about that. That's not why we're here. Obviously, I mean, we're a nonprofit, you yeah, know, so absolutely. our goal is to, to turn all that stuff back and just give back to the, the fire service. Well, and so. I, I think if there's people out there that are listening tonight and they're watching this podcast and they're listening to this podcast and they're having that um, frustration where they don't know maybe how to have the conversation yeah. or make those steps to try to be there for somebody, Change Life, uh, the Change Life campaign is something that they can do yeah. to help out. And that's right. like, if you're, if you're sitting there at home thinking, man, how do I help? Yeah. How do I make a difference? This is, yeah. a, this is the way to this do it. This is going to help us continue to do what we do uh, without donations. We, we wouldn't survive, right. you know? So, uh, I mean, we do sell apparel, man. I do. I love putting that stuff out, shirts, hats, and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And, and one of the things like today is Monday. We, we, pioneered the idea of green Monday. Yeah. So talk to you, just hit on that. Yeah. So green Monday. I mean, you'll notice every single Monday we, we, we make the posts about green Monday. I mean, I'm wearing a green hoodie. I'm wearing a green green shirt, you know, so, uh, we, not planned. We did that. (laughs) Yeah. Not even, we did that to continue to raise awareness because (laughs) did anybody just hear that bus come through? Yeah. Back it right over you, brother. (laughs) Threw you under it. Yeah. So, I mean, Uh, green is a color for mental health awareness. Right there, uh, yeah, brother, so on the we, wall. Yeah, we got one up here on the wall. It's, it's the color for mental health awareness. Uh, it's the month of May, which is coming up. It's just a couple of days away is the actual month for mental health awareness. So we knew it was a month out of the year, but we wanted to take it to every single week so that we could continue to raise awareness. Awesome. So that's what Green Monday is for. We sell green shirts, green hats, all the different things. We have some new shirts that we're about to drop for the month of May. Um, we have some really cool stuff that we're going to do with uh, a thing that we call jump rope for mental health, just, you know, where we can get everyone through Instagram, hopefully to jump rope and things like that, you know, for kind of that fitness side of things. And uh, we're going to be giving away some jump ropes and stuff like that. So that Please give hits. one to Jeremy. 
<laughs> so that kind of moves it. into the. Uh, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna do it right after you. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So that moves into kind cake. of the physical health aspect where we can tie the two things together. But yeah, so I mean, I, dude, I'll be honest, I didn't really love the color green until I, I started next rung and we started the idea of Green Monday. So, but now I wear it every single Monday and wear it throughout great. throughout yeah. the week and things like that. So yeah, we just wanted to, to raise awareness every single week. For for us, man, because we're we're all that we got. And man. to sum it up, that's what it's about. Yeah. It's about yeah. awareness. So not everybody's aware. Not everybody. I sat here tonight and I I took in a lot, man. You want to talk about making somebody aware? I got a much better idea of and what. That's I, what it takes. You know, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if I, if people were just as, you know just willing to sit down and listen, man, like. And here's the thing, you know, we've talked about this before, man. There's so many, there's incredible organizations out there, incredible companies, pages on on social media. Yeah. Dude, that they just skyrocket, which is awesome, dude. I, if there's anything that I love is to see people successful. But I have to remind myself about the topic that we broach is not a popular topic. It's not an exciting, funny, amazing thing, you know, so... I understand, like, we're not going to take off like everyone else, but what we do is is we continue to address the things. We connect with people like you guys. But you man. make a difference. Like, dude. You're making a difference. Yeah. In every single content piece you put out and everything you invest right. back in, whether it's a green sweatshirt or a donation back or paying or helping <laughs> somebody on the other end of the phone in their time of need, you are giving back to the fire service more than I could ever. And I thank no, but, you. But, no, but, but, hold, but truthfully, like... Yeah, we all have our part, but you guys are really in a lane of recognizing the importance of protecting ourselves and, and, and you know, and taking care of one another. And I think that message, I think you have to be able to sit back and understand that. And it's not easy. Like, I don't, I don't take uh, flattery well either. You know what I mean? Right. But you guys really are making a difference. And, uh, and I am so glad, I was going to hit on this when we do the intro to this podcast later on, but... I'm so glad that you sent that message busting my chops that one night, right? I remember. I, I remember. Was a little worried though, man. No, man dude, I, I'm so sarcastic. Like that's my my love language, I guess. Is sarcasm, I love it. You know, I love it. And, <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people listening aren't familiar, but if you follow National Fire Radio, I I'm an apparatus nerd, and I love doing my apparatus stuff. And so, you know, hey guys, it's Jeremy. National Fire Radio has just become a tagline. I mean, it's just the intro to everything we do. <laughs> Balake over here thought it'd be fun to get on and bust Balake. my chops, right? Yeah. And so he threw one out there and then yeah. he was like, and then he shot me a message. He's like, you cool with this? And I'm like, brother, <laughs> I love it. And there's one coming right back right, at you, man. Yeah. And that's what it's about, right? Yeah. Like we're raising a list. Like I was happy to help raise awareness for you. You yeah. know, if, if your, our interaction back and forth you know, it brings a little more awareness to the situation or the greater good, man. Yeah. I'm all about it, man. This but, has been fantastic. Yeah. Dude, this has been great. And, you know, and what I want to say is, man, being on your platform and allowing us to spread this message, dude, oh, yeah. that's more help than I could ever ask for. You well, know, we've had that with you, with, you know, yeah. being up here as a whole, man. Like, there's so many people that support us. And, you know, uh, we just literally, man, like, I just want to make a difference. So whatever difference I can make, you know, whether that's, a hundred people or a thousand people, whatever it may be, man. I don't know what the number is going to total to by the time this is going to be bigger than that, pal. You know, but we're grateful for people like you. And we were on pin the queue yesterday, things like that, dude, like huge for us, man, just to, to share platforms with people who, man, they, they look up to you guys, obviously, man, they love your content and stuff like that. And, and to show that we can partner together and, and, and to share that man, more help than I could ever ask. for. Because when you're in it for the right reasons and you're doing it for the greater good, there's no walls. Yeah, There's no obstacles, right. man. We do it because we love it, and we're forging friendships and partnerships, right. and 
you know, I just, I, I think that this is an incredible opportunity. When I heard that you were coming up this way, I was like, brother, we got, I said the Rob and Sebi and, and the other guys, I said, we got to, we got to get these guys in here because I think what you're doing is fantastic. And, and I've said that in a lot of different posts, we support you guys 110%. We're grateful. And man, to be seriously. able to get you here. And I think tonight's yeah. podcast was fantastic. We're going to start wrapping up, but you know, the time goes quick and we talked about some serious stuff tonight and yeah. it's not often that I'm kind of quiet and sit back and listen, but you and Rob tonight really hit it out of the park. And I, you know, and I, I just think it was a great night. And I think there was so much said here. And I think if we could take away anything from this, it's the importance of awareness and being willing to lower those walls a little bit and right. allow, allow mm-hmm. people in a little bit. And, and Definitely. it's okay to talk. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's important because if you're willing to talk, people are going to listen. Yeah. And if you don't want to, if you don't want to talk about your feelings, that's okay. Just tell me what you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm going to have to talk it's about any point, feelings. Rob. It's a great point. Yeah. So, just kind of taking us out. Like yeah. One eight three three next wrong. Yep. N X T R U N G. Yeah. If you need help, twenty four hours a day. We're there. The, I say twenty four hours. We're seven yeah. days a week, man. We're gonna get to you as soon as we can. Yeah. They, know, they're, so. it, they, it, if the minute that they wake up, they're gonna get resources out to you if you need the help. So yeah. hold on. If you have the courage to send that text message or make that call, like we're coming for you. Yeah, we're definitely gonna be there, man. And definitely. then change lives campaign next wrong dot uh, dot org. Correct. Yep, next little as three bucks. So yep. for anybody who's out there, say they're stopping at Dunkin' or Starbucks, yeah, cut back on one cup of coffee, and you can make you're going to make a difference. Yeah, and if you if you need to see where it is, go to go to Next Wrong on Instagram, and and you'll see where you're going to yeah. make a difference. It goes, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. So being a nonprofit, we have to post everything that we give it to. I mean, it goes there. I mean, you can see the the stubs of the checks, it. things like that. So we we mm-hmm. want to be open with people. So if they ask, we're going to let them know. Absolutely. You know? So. But, uh, yeah, well, Blake, man, thanks, super grateful, man. man. I'm, Thank I'm you sorry guys Charlie so couldn't make it, man. He's, I know, man. Bummer. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, it was absolute pleasure to meet you. Yeah. And, you know, we are honored to have you here because what you're doing is good. You're yeah, doing good yeah. stuff for the fire service. And um, for myself and, and Sebi and Rob and Tucker and the rest of the guys, man, thank you. Thanks for yeah, yeah, keep thank you. doing what you're doing. Keep making a difference. And yeah. if we at National Fire Radio can help in any way, spread the word yeah. or do more than we are, Please tell us, and we'd be more than happy to help you. Well, I appreciate it, man. And I got a a question before we leave. Shoot. You guys ever had a pork roll? Yeah, well, so, okay. (laughs) So, this is, this is. Ah, here he goes. you on this? Oh, yeah. Seb's over there behind the I got prepped on this. He's like, all right. Uh, right, (laughs) I see him back there. Rob? (laughs) Rob started this? All right, so Ridgeway Leather, Rob. Yeah, Rob, you're getting a (sighs) shout out here, which, that's a whole other story. So, yeah, let's just. So there's this yeah. there's this magical there's this magical thing called um, Taylor ham, pork roll. It's not a, not a thing. It doesn't exist. Not a thing. If you're from a, New Jersey, a pork roll New is York, an order on a Chinese restaurant. Yeah, it is. It's not right. This tailored ham. Absolutely. I mean, it's this it's this incredible breakfast meat that you put on your sandwiches or whatever, or accoutrement to eggs or whatever. And diners, a lot of people probably aren't familiar with it. Um, I wasn't really until I got thing. here. Have so. you had it? I, I did have Changed it yesterday life, right? morning, dude. It was incredible. So we could certainly get you like a 10 pound log of it from like BJ's up the road, the, oh, yeah? the Costco, <laughs> you know, and we could send you home with that. Um, but, uh, or you know what? I'll send you one. Yeah. I will send you one. Yeah. Perfect. And it says right on it, Taylor ham. Yeah. 
It does. It does not say pork roll. I just wanted to, you know, it was, it was a little fun. I thought it was funny. Oh, Rob, Rob was it's telling it's me about it, dude. I was like, yeah. he's like, yeah. you got to bring it up, man. So, uh, so I brought it up. Yeah. But it's good. And that's what this is all about, man. Right. It's the, it's the busting chops and, and so on. But man, thank you. Thank you for taking out the, uh, the podcast that way and talking about how Taylor yeah. Ham is the correct name for um, our breakfast the Pork meat. roll. And it's Sorry. not pork roll. Pork roll from a man, Blake, Rob. You're gonna, Blake, Rob you're gonna, Meyer. Blake, you're going to be asked. Taylor Ham pork have, roll. You got to leave. You're going to have to leave. Yeah. But anyway, Rob, take us out, man. Thank you, Blake. Thanks for yeah, being man. here. Appreciate, Appreciate it, brother. Yes, Absolutely. Sir. Rob, take us out. Everybody, this is Rob from <laughs> National Fire Radio here in the studio tonight with Blake. Jeremy, as always. Blake from Next see Rung. Ya. We'll see you guys later. And don't forget nextrung.org, one less cup of coffee, and you can make a difference. $3 a month. Let's that's do it. it. Thanks, everybody. Be safe out there. And that's why Rob takes us out.